Hi, I'm Anthony, or Dagani, uh, for you don't, who don't know me. Get ready for, like, three minutes of awkward, like, mumbling and, like, sweating and stuff. I, like, wrote stuff down. It's my life, but I still don't know it. So, um, yeah. Um, when Britton asked me to do this, I had to reflect on what I was grateful for, um, for my college experience, what, what Jesus has done in my life. And um, when I first got to Stanford and started thinking about what it meant to be a Christian, uh, since I wasn't, um, it was really difficult for me. Um, as I felt like my life was falling apart around me, um, the only thing that seemed to hold constant were the truths of the gospel uh, that were preached to me through RUF and through other campus ministries. Um, you know, I thought success in wrestling or in academics would give me worth, and I thought that how many friends I had or who I was dating would make me happy, and, you know, I thought that... I had control of my life, and then I had it all figured out. And as each one of these idols can, kind of fell before me, uh, the thing that remained standing was Jesus and what was being preached week in and week out at RUF. And um, even when I try running back to these idols, which seems like daily, um, Jesus is faithful, and he's patient, and he pulls me back in, um, pulls me back into RUF, to his people, to the church, to Grace Prez. And I've just been really thankful for that through RUF and Grace. Um, Presbyterian, Jesus has refused to let me go. He's he's pulled me in. He's kept kept an eye on me, especially with God's people. Um, I'm thankful that He used both those to bring me to Him, bring me in closer relationship with Him, and also to bring you guys here. Um, you know, RUF has been a great place for me to wrestle with the truths of the gospel, and I really appreciate that. And that's something that. I am forever grateful for, and that's why I'm serving two years for IUF after this. Um, if there's one thing I can encourage y'all to do is get involved. I am biased. I'll say IUF or Grace Presbyterian, but get involved with some sort of campus ministry. And I don't mean just, like, go to a large group or go to Bible study, but I really mean, like, serve and become invested in it. Because when I was a freshman or sophomore, I sat here moping around thinking, I hate this place, I hate these people, nobody is like me, I want to go back home where people are normal and <laughs> like football. But honestly, through the Holy Spirit and through people like Britton over there and through David Jones, who's a pre preacher at uh, Grace Prez, I was prodded to get outside of myself and serve. And I don't think it's a coincidence that as I did that, Grace and RUF and Stanford felt more like home for me, and I stopped longing for a new home. I stopped thinking that these people were different, and I started loving people who I never thought I would be loving. And that's all thanks to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus. And, um, yeah, I'm going to miss this place. I'm going to miss the community. And I just hope Jesus is able to work with RUF as I, as I leave, and I'm excited to see what happens. Thanks. Um, thanks, Anthony. Uh, so I didn't really prepare a whole lot. I was just um, reflecting, you know, this week about what I'm grateful for and what I wanted to encourage you guys with. Um, so my story's a little bit different than Anthony's. I came to Stanford thinking that I was a Christian, um, very prideful, actually, thinking that I could do it on my own, feeling very independent. Um, and then I, I um, had... I was broken down a lot my freshman and my sophomore year. I had two years with um, broken relationships. My identity was shattered because it was in success. It was in my st my studies. I was like the first kid in my family to go to college, and I really thought that's where my value was. And once classes got hard, once relationships got tough, it wasn't like you know rewarded to be the good moral person or whatever Christianity I thought was. Um, I just found myself not resting in Jesus. Um, I was always like, I felt like I was constantly drowning. Um, and God really like, I was really struck by grace. I recognized that it was okay to be broken. Um, I came back to RUF because some friends brought me here my junior year um, after really trying to live outside of the church and trying to do it on my own. 
um, realizing that that wasn't going to work. And even when I came back here, I thought I needed to pretend like it was all together and like I, I had my life in order and like school was okay and relationships were okay and friends were okay and I was okay with myself. And none of that was true. And then I realized, you know, like through talking to Katie and Britton and other people here that everybody is feeling the same way and it's okay to feel that way. Um, I guess what I learned most is like it's okay to be dependent and I love that and I rest in that now. It's something that like Britain preaches a lot is, you know, we at Stanford, like we have a really hard time just like chilling out and just resting um, and knowing that we don't have to like constantly be earning our value. And so um, that's been just such a blessing in my life um, to not feel like my identity is something that I have to work at or um, my value is something I have to keep on like pursuing and get better to be someone. Britton told me something a couple weeks ago that really resonated, and it's just like so simple, and I just keep thinking about it like every day. It's like you're a daughter of the king, and that's it. And um, whenever I feel the pressures of like what Stanford tells us is you should pursue or you should love or you should want, you should become to be like a good person, be enough. I just remember like I'm a daughter of the king, and that's okay. Um, so I guess that is where I am now, just, like, realizing that it's always a process. Like, I feel like even as a leader of small groups, like, I feel so inadequate at times, and that's all right. And, like, going to even wiser people, going to the scripture and resting and knowing that um, Jesus, like, and the Lord is just happy with <laughs> me, <laughs> even like this. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess I would encourage you guys um, no matter where you are, like, to just be okay with um, knowing that your Savior loves you, um, that your life isn't in order because it's never going to be. Um, and, yeah, to enjoy community, to enjoy being dependent on one another, to rely on one another, um, and then um, to build each other up so you can go out and serve as well. Like, one of the biggest growing experiences for me has been in Servant Team and in leading my own small group, and um, it's just, like, changed the way I view grace and the gospel um, and showing me how much I need him each and every day. Um, so, yeah. Uh, miss you guys. Oh, yes, I'm Kason. Um, and uh, there's a hymn called I Ask the Lord. I think we're actually going to sing it in, in like a few minutes. Um, it's by John Newton, the same guy who wrote Amazing Grace. And I think it illustrates kind of what God has done in my life really well. Um, and it starts off, he's kind of asking the Lord uh, that he would grant him more love and more faith and, and that he would be able to seek God more fully. Um, and he's kind of hoping that God would just kind of spontaneously grant that to him. Um, but he doesn't. Um, and instead... God kind of lets him kind of wander uh, and lets him experience a lot of sin and a lot of guilt. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened to me as I came to Stanford, kind of being from a Christian home, and coming to Stanford and being like excited about serving God and excited about being involved in the church and RUF. Uh, but it didn't take long until kind of sin entered my life and and old sins that I'd struggled with for a long time kind of came back. Um, and I felt really, like, defeated, and God felt pretty distant, even though I was still going to RUF and going to church. And one of the issues was there was kind of, like, me on the one hand, how I appeared to other people. Um, there was, like, a reputation that I wanted to uphold. Um, and then on the other hand, there was kind of, me, who I knew myself to be, kind of struggling with a lot of sin and a lot of guilt, and there was this discrepancy between these two. Um, and I used to try and kind of rectify that discrepancy by modifying my behavior. So who I actually was became who I appeared to be. Um, and so at the beginning of like every quarter, I would kind of buckle down and be like, all right, I'm going to fix it now. You know, I'm not going to stop doing these things. And, um, eventually who everyone sees me to be is going to be actually who I am. And, um, even up until this fall, I remember this fall being like, all right, I'm a senior in college. Like it's time to shape up. It's time to get my life together. Um, and it didn't take long until I was kind of back into the same old struggles and the same old sin. 
even to like a, a bigger degree, you know. And, um, and I felt miserable about it, and I felt guilty, and I felt a lot of shame. Uh, and then uh, this fall, I was kind of at a, a low point, um, and my pastors kind of had found out about some of the things I had been doing, things I was like too ashamed of to confess. Uh, and they sat me down and they said, like, Kason, uh, here you've been doing these things, like, is it true? Um, and I confessed, you know, and then they just continued to preach the gospel to me. Uh, and they said, what the gospel means is that Jesus stands before God and says, all those things that Kason has done, that was me, um, even though he was perfect. Um, and what happened that night wasn't that I became this perfect person that I was supposed to be. What happened was this, the Kason that I appeared to be kind of crashed on to the Kason who I actually was because these people who I really respected saw me for who I really was. Um, and I couldn't kind of hide behind this facade of who I used to be or who I wanted to be. Um, and what I realized was that the case in that I actually am is the one that Jesus has always loved, uh, not the one that I kind of wanted to be or, or wished I was or appeared to be. Uh, and that was kind of the power of the gospel in my life. And what happened that night was Jesus became a lot more precious to me. Um, and that was awesome. And kind of the last, going back to the, to the hymn, the last stanza of that song is, is God's response to, to John Newton's prayer. And he says, um, These inward trials I employ from self and pride to set thee free, um, to break thy schemes of earthly joy, that thou mayest seek thy all in me. Um, and that's kind of like what God's done in my life. It's kind of broken me down so that I could seek my joy in Him and in Jesus and in the Gospel. Uh, so if there's anything I would leave with you guys, it's God loves you as you are right now sitting in this room. Uh, and He died for you as you are right now, not who you wish you were, not who you're trying really hard to be, not who everyone else thinks you are. Uh, but He loves you. It's uh, awesome. So thanks, guys.
Jess. Um, I just wanted to say before uh, we get started, Britton asked us um, as seniors to do this, and uh, really the only reason is because we're seniors and we're leaving. It's not because we've figured something out or because we know so much about Jesus or whatever. It's, it really, it, we're, we're as much and more broken as everyone here. Um, and, and also, if you hear anything tonight from any of the seniors that um, really resonates with where you're at or, or where you've been or something like that, feel free to grab us and ask us about it because we'd, we'd love to, I know every single senior here would love to talk to you guys about it. Um, so with that, uh, we met each other in RUF. Um, we started dating sophomore year and... Uh, after seeking some very wise counsel, we decided to get married in September, this past September. Um, it's been awesome. There, so I think we're both going to talk a little bit through marriage tonight because uh, that's been a big part of our lives for the last <laughs> eight months. Um, kind of overshadows everything else a little bit. Um, God really teaches us through both the menial everyday uh, things that we do, but also the big things in our life, uh, like like getting married. Um, something that he's really taught me and us uh, through our time at Stanford and really through marriage um, has been that we, we mess up every single relationship that we're in. Um, and in order for those relationships to be mended, uh, Forgiveness needs to take place. Um, and so through marriage, this is something that I've really seen. Um, the, the more uh, you love and think that you trust someone and the closer relationship you have, the harder it is to forgive that person. Um, and the, the harder, uh, the more personally harms are felt. Um, and so I've seen that firsthand when, when, I, when I sin against Jess. It's, um, I can see how much it devastates her and how much it costs her to forgive me. And that's really given me a lot of insight into how much it costs God to forgive us. And it, it cost him his son. He had to send his son to die for us so that he could have a relationship with us. And it's really it's nothing that we do at all. When, when Jess forgives me, it's not because I say something that makes her forgive me. She just forgives me because we have a covenant. And that's what, that's what God does for us. If we're in him, he just forgives us because he loves us. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I've struggled with over the past four years and probably most of my life and still today um and that's just resting in jesus and i feel like that's probably going to be a slightly big theme in this room um for most seniors um and everyone but it could be just me 
Um, so I feel like through most of my life, day-to-day even, I make a checklist for myself. I live through checklists. Um, but I also have these overarching checklists uh, to be a good student, to be a good sister, a good daughter, a good friend, a good wife. And I find value and worth and comfort in getting all these things done every day. Um, when I feel like I fulfilled that checklist, I feel like I have things going right. Um, but I don't always fulfill this checklist, and it's tiresome. And even if I do tr- think I fulfill it, it's tiresome, and it wears on you, and you actually get this feeling that I cannot be all these things. I've, I've had breakdowns, telling so I'm like, I can't do it all. Um, <laughs> but um, so Sam and I recently read Hebrews 4 which explains that God's rest can only be entered through faith. Um, and, and Hebrews 4.3 is just like a few words, but it says, um, for we who have believed enter that rest. And so this morning I'm trying to think like, what's rest? How can I explain this? And like at the same time, I'm thinking of the post-lab I have to do and the pre-lab I have to do and all these papers. And I cannot even think of what rest means. And I'm like, just think about it. Like you can do this. And then all of a sudden, um, this Bible verse popped into my head, and it's Psalm 127.1. And I'm not a Bible whiz. That's not why I remembered it, but um, I'll tell you why I remember it in a second. Anyways, okay, it says, if the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds the house, the, labor, the builders labor in vain. And um, the only reason I remembered this is because within the first week that Sam and I started dating, he told me about this first. And he said, I want you to think about this. I want us to think about this. I want us to pray about this. I want us to struggle with this. Um, and we did. We, we wrote it on everything. We just thought about it. And I was, when he first told me, I was like, ooh, that's kind of cryptic. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I was hoping for something a little sweeter. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it didn't really ever sink in until this morning. And I was like, oh, I get what that means. Like, God is working for me, and I'm laboring in vain. Um, so there's two things to take away that from this. Is One is I realize that I can't find rest in anything or anyone but Jesus. Um, not in my own inco- accomplishments, um, not in my ability to be a good person, um, and not even in marriage. I can't find rest. Um, but I realize that with Jesus, I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be defined by my ability or inability to do my checklist. Um, because Jesus is perfect, and through his death on the cross, we are perfect in God's sight, and we're welcomed into his rest. And then the second thing that I've just been blessed with is having a husband who encourages me um, from the beginning, and I didn't even know it, and that shows that God's working through people. Um, I know, I'm sure Sam didn't think two years from now Jessica's going to use this in RUF, um, but God's working in people, and uh Sam is my helper and going to be my encourager um, for the rest of our lives. So two things, if nothing else, that you take away from this is, one, uh, rest in Jesus and struggle with that and try to understand what that means. And two is get married because it's awesome and you're all missing out. said so far i feel like i don't anything it's actually it's been really cool for you all because i find myself well i've had some things i wanted to say and i've had many similar experiences that you guys have had and that's actually really comforting to hear um so i guess i wanted to talk about three main points um i love checklists too um so i guess oh first off e-lake I just wanted to thank you for being my roommate today, um, or just this entire year. You've been, like, God sent you into my life to deal with all this year and just everything, and so, okay, you stop it, no. Um, Okay, I love you. Anyway, um, okay, so point number one, avoid the Christian ghetto. Love God, don't love your image. Um, I want to preface this by saying the Christian ghetto is not fellowship with Christians. Fellowship with Christians is a great thing, and we are called to do that. We are called to be a part of a church. We're called actively to serve. But when you look at your friend group and it's like only Christians and you're only surrounded by Christians, that's you should probably re, 
look at that because um, that's kind of what I did freshman and sophomore year. Um, I became a Christian at the end of high school, um, and so when I came to Stanford, I was so amazed that there were other Christians like me, and then people loved God, and they you know, wanted to do all these good things, and so it was really, really awesome, but I found myself um, really putting on the back burner other relationships in my life. I'm a part of the water polo team, and I hardly hung out with the water polo team my freshman and sophomore year, and I'm even feeling the repercussions of that decision today. Um, I saw those in the Christian community as my only potentials for, like, best friends. And those who were non-Christians were opportunities to proselytize or missionize or convert. Sorry, that sounds really bad, but um, it's, it's kind of sad. But I've learned a lot from that. And um, I'm going to borrow this from Britain, sorry. Um, but we are called to do what Jesus had done. Jesus didn't only hang out with his Christian friends. He came down from a seat next to the Father and hung out with people who didn't agree with him, with him, and who actually, some of them pretty much hated him and crucified him. Um, he, but he loved us, and he gave his life for us. And um, I think that's what we're called to do as well as Christians, is that we're called to love everyone, to love and honor God through loving and respecting everyone, even those who may not agree with us. Um, second point I wanted to talk about is to acknowledge your sin. Um, you, even as a Christian, are no better than anyone else. So kind of after spending my freshman and sophomore year in the ghetto, um, I kind of got disillusioned with the whole Christian fellowship thing, and that kind of was on the back burner my junior year um, because I was involved in my sorority. I had an executive position, and so I was forced to spend 10 hours a week with amazing girls, and I ended up growing some great relationships from that. I see you, Brittany. Um, and then I also... Um, was spending a lot more time with my team. I had a starting position last year, and I had a lot of fun just hanging out with my teammates that I hadn't really gotten a chance to bond with freshman and sophomore year. Um, and Elik and I turned 21 on the same day, so we became comfortable drinking socially, which was really fun. Um, but junior year, since I kind of put Christian fellowship on the back burner, I was also living with my teammates. I wasn't really living with any Christians. Um, I began to make some decisions that kind of towed the line of real sins. I guess freshman, sophomore year, I had kind of known, like, oh, yes, I'm a sinner, whatever. But it was always, like, little stuff, like, oh, I have pride, or I have, you know, I'm not nice to that person, or something like that, which, of course, are real sins and should be treated just as equally as any other sin. But we, in our mind, kind of see sin as these socially acceptable sins, but then these other bad sins that you don't really want to tell people about, um, so, but junior year, I began to toe that line, and I ended up making some stupid decisions. And during that time, I also began dating a guy, and I never thought I would even have to make decisions about dating. Um, so, to say the least, I made some wrong decisions, and um, that kind of continued all throughout the beginning of this year when I did some things that I was just not proud of. And finally, I kind of stepped back and didn't really understand who I had become. Um, it was actually kind of heartbreaking. Um, and I found myself kind of becoming those girls I had really looked down upon freshman and sophomore year. Because um, I thought I had been in control during all that time, during all junior year. Because sin tells you that you're in control. Um, and it was kind of at that moment, this beginning of fre um, fall quarter, when I was talking to Britain, that I truly understand what it meant to be a sinner. Um, and it was also during that time that I truly understood God's grace. So, third point is, look to God, because His grace is so beautiful and so complete. Because um, I don't think, unless you've truly had, I guess, this experience, kind of like what Kaysen was talking about, you don't, you know, you, you don't really, you don't turn into this beautifully perfect person who does everything right now from now on. You just truly understand how broken you are and how badly you need Christ. Um, I'm going to steal this from Britain again. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the answer. Um, it's true. You guys, we're all sinners, everyone here. But at the same time, we're all so incredibly loved by Christ and by his sacrifice. And that is the greatest news I have ever heard. Um, so that's something I will definitely be taking on into my life. Um, so I guess I found a cool quote from Abraham Lincoln that kind of <laughs> I was kind of looking for C.S. Lewis quotes because I love C.S. Lewis, but I found this instead. Um, 
he said, Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. Guys, don't be proud like I was. Let us put aside our pride and our illusion of self-sufficiency and pray and accept God's grace. We have a great God who loves sinners like me, and this is amazing grace. So, thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Um, I'm actually not supposed to be up here, I guess, because I'm going to be back in the fall, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> um, so the first thing that came to my mind uh, when thinking about what I was going to talk about was, um, you know, we hear a lot of, like, big um, themes in RUF about, like, loving God, loving your neighbors. Um, and I, probably more so than most, uh, struggle with, like, these very, very basic um, sins, I guess, of, of not loving God, not loving others, uh, among many, many, many other things. Um, and I've always had the desire to get better at that. Um, and, at, and being at Stanford, the questions that I'd always ask was, how do I get better at loving other people? Um, and the answer, whether it was from Britain or DJ, was always, um, you can't do it through your own will. Uh, which was always a very frustrating thing for me um, because I wanted to do things on my own. Um, and I'm hearing that I can't do it myself. Uh, then I asked the question, well, then how do you? Um, and it's definitely been very true in my life that uh, as in the past four years, if I try and do stuff uh, just because of my own will, um, it might have a short-term band-aid effect or something, uh, but it's definitely not changing who I am, uh, and I'm always reverting back to, to who I was, uh, and it's not a sustainable way of going about it. Um, so then, if that's not the way, then how? Um, and I truly believe, and we've been told this um, through Britain and DJ, and RUF does a great job of it, um, that the only way to, to actually change um, who we are is actually is not of our own doing, but um, our will aligning with God's. And uh, so then, how do I align my will with God? <laughs> um, and again, it's not uh, what we can do, but it's actually what has been done for us um, that can actually change our will. Um, so the the main point that I really wanted to make was um, the only way that that our wills can change, I believe, is is by hearing the gospel and hearing it often. Um, so often when I hear the gospel, um, you know, it kind of goes in one one year, out the other, ten minutes later, and I'm back being angry at someone else. Um, but the more often I hear it, uh, whether it be through, like, getting involved in church, RUF, um, saying it to your friends, having your friends say it back to you, reading the Bible, um, all these places where you can, can hear um, the gospel, I believe every time that I hear it, uh, you know, Lord willing, it becomes a little bit more real to me. And, um, and, and, and the, the gospel itself, like, even though we hear it so often, um, so often I just take it for gra- granted and it's just words on a page. And to actually think about what it means for, for the creator of the universe to... Um, give his son's life um, for your sins to um, to justify us is is pretty incredible. Um, so I just encourage all of you to hear the gospel as often as you can, um, and Lord willing, it will will align your will with His uh, and actually change who you are. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just to just to conclude, um, I'd like to just say it once again that. Um, it's a pretty incredible thing that Jesus died for all of our sins. Um, and uh, ultimately, I hope that uh, that changes me and it changes all of us. So, thanks.
Um, so, yeah, I never thought I'd be here. Um, I don't know how many of you ever would have thought I was going to be here. Um, I don't, I mean, there are a lot, I didn't prepare any, I mean, I, like I thought about things, I didn't prepare <laughs> anything. Um, I just, there's a lot, um, like last year I lived on the same hall as Kaysen, Sam, Degani, Miles. I didn't know them for an entire quarter. Um, for those of you that, I guess I should start with that. For those of you that don't know, um, I was raised um, in an Orthodox Jewish home um, and kind of practiced or associated myself most with that. Um, basically until this year, but I kind of started exploring Christianity a little bit last year, winter quarter. Um, and so I only stepped foot in RUF about 15 months ago. Um, and I never thought that kind of the first time I stepped through that door that it would have been as life-changing as it's been. Um, so first of all, thank you, Britton. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Teddy. <laughs> um, and just everybody that's kind of come um, and whether or not you know you supported me, just every time I walk in here, every time I walk into Grace, Cardinal Life, Sanctuary, any anything, like, it is unbelievably supporting. And I just want all of you to know that, like, that is something that I'm forever going to be thankful for, no matter where I end up in life or how I get there. Um, Y'all have changed my life, um, and I'm forever thankful for it. But... No, there's no but. It's no but. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, I'm going back to New York, um, where I'm from, for work. And as a lot of you know, I'm kind of nervous about that. Um, and I was thinking about it, and like, I don't know if it's because I'm kind of afraid to tell my parents this or not, but like, the, really the biggest reason that I'm, like, scared of going back is because of this unbelievable community um, and just how special it is here, um, how special it's been for me and I know that it's been for a lot of you. Um, And like, I know Victoria said, like, don't get stuck in the Christian ghetto, but I kind of wish that like, (laughs) I could a little bit. (laughs) Um, And yeah, um, like I know that there will be something similar in New York for me, um, but I kind of, kind of my message and like something that I've been talking to a lot of people about is like this community is so strong and powerful, um, and it's because of the people in it, and it's going to continue to be strong and powerful, and just like really recognize the power that you have to change people, just like kind of I've been changed, um, and the the way that I've been just affected like every single person walking around this campus can be changed in the exact same way um or similar um and i just really hope that kind of you guys um all really like recognize that about yourselves and so i've never done this before um i prayed kind of for myself and out loud with like a couple of people but i've always been afraid to like kind of pray um for an entire community and i don't know if that's okay with you guys for me to do that <laughs> um but i'd really like to um i have a thumbs up cool <laughs> so as you would like to say bow your heads <laughs> um dear god thank you so much for this unbelievable community for the people involved for Britain, for katie for teddy for jess coming in um and for just every other single person that's been here um i know so much that you have placed me in this community for a reason and that you've placed them all together for a reason. And I just hope that you give us all the strength to continue to put you in front of us at all times and for you to guide our lives. Um, and even when we struggle, just for you to still be there for us. Um, and for you to constantly just be the light that we're always looking towards. Um, in God's name we pray. Amen.
my name is Ethan, and just listening to everyone talk and share, it seems to me that tonight is very much about imparting a vision, and I think that's really kind of the, the mission of RUF really as a whole, is to try and allow people to thrive. Um, this is good, this is important, this is a big part of what RUF has been uh, just in the past four years of my own life. You know, there, it's difficult to really succinctly take four years and just extract the most important lessons, so... I'm not going to try and do that, but uh, a lot of the things that came to mind as I considered what I wanted to say tonight really were along the same lines that many of the other seniors have already discussed. And really just taking that, this specifically community, I think about what Victoria said about how surprising it is to hear how much other people in this room have in common with you. And... Holding on to that, I feel as if it's a little, I don't know, I, it is a good thing and it is a rare thing and it is a special thing when you have moments like that, but I wish it were less rare. And it's one of the, one of the things I would like to challenge just as you know, I think about what's been, impo what's been imparted to me and something I want to take with me to the next place that I go, probably Colorado, is that community here is just as rare as the classes. And what do I mean by that? Well, around sophomore year, and I Full disclosure, I spent most of my time here as a pre-med, taking far too many classes, working too many late nights. And, and on that note, actually, we are supposed to make God famous. I mean, it is good to work well, and it is good to take pride in your work, and it is good to really just set an example. And C.S. Lewis said, you know, it would do more for the case of the gospel if every time someone wanted to go and just research some topic the best book were written by a Christian. I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. But um, while in class we do learn a lot of things that will help us make God famous academically, the relationships and the opportunity to participate in relationships are just as rare. Uh, and that took me a long time to learn here, that I'm not just at Stanford to perform well as a student, but in fact, you know, as a Christian, you know, we are called, I am called, you're called, to invest in the people around us. And that's one thing I'd like to, to challenge each of you with. I mean, the specific form of that, you wonder, well, what does that look like? I think about what a man named Jeff Myers uh, taught, taught me one time. He said that you are living in community well if at the same time you can say that there are people who are mentoring you that are older than you, you have peers that you can stand alongside, and that you're teaching someone younger than you might not be an age. It might be spiritually. Um, everyone has something in this room that they can teach to someone that's a little bit further back along whatever journey they're walking. Not just as seniors. Now, I'd really like to just paint that vision for you tonight. Find something that you can teach to somebody else. Find other people that are living the way that you want to live and encourage them. Then find people that you respect a lot and you'd like to emulate and seek them out. And... I just want to also, I guess to wrap this up, I haven't yeah, even scratched the surface of all the different ways that RUF has been important to me, but it is rich life. It is full life. It is good. Value it. And I would just like to thank Britton. I'd like to thank DJ. And I'd just like to thank each of you for the friendship and the memories and the adventures. My name is Meg. Um, I just want to reiterate what Sam said about um, just that we're not up here because we've got it figured out that we're up here just because we're heading out um, and that three to four minutes is not enough time to put four years of wisdom or mishaps into. Um, so when I first came to Stanford, I was really excited because um, Stanford has been my dream school for a long time, and I thought that I would finally um, kind of have it had it figured out that, like, I had had a really hard time in high school. Um, I had been diagnosed with depression, and I was really stressed out about school, and that was my identity. And I thought, coming to Stanford is going to be better. I already knew about RUF. Um, I already knew DJ. I thought it was going to be great. Um, and I thought it was going to be a clean slate. But at the same time, um, I, there was still a lot that I wasn't dealing with that I was trying to ignore um, from my past that I 
just thought that I could come in, move on, not really open up to people. I didn't want to burden people at such a happy place with um, my depression and my anxiety and, like, the hard things that I had been through. Um, and so for the first year, for the first year and a half, I didn't, I didn't tell people. Um, I just went on with classes and made friends, and um, it was hard. It was, I made it through freshman year, and I was okay, but by the end of the year, I was pretty burnt out again. Um, beginning of sophomore year, I um, was kind of showing some cracks, but at the same time, I started dating someone, and so I was, thought I was happy. Um, but that was actually a really hard quarter, um, and winter quarter of my sophomore year, I just completely crashed and burned. Um, by that point, I was just really still not talking to people. Um, like, I was in small group, I was in large group, I was going to a church, but it just, I wasn't opening up to people. I wasn't being real. Um, and ultimately, I ended up taking time off. I ended up completely scratching when I quarter, I took <laughs> spring quarter off. Um, and it wasn't until actually that I left Stanford that I was able to start opening up to people. It was, um, I came back and visited in May of that year, and actually that was when I did open up to um, Maria, another of the seniors, for the first time, and I really just laid down, like, I'm not okay. Like, that I wasn't doing all right, that I was broken, and that I needed other people. Um, and when I came back junior year, it was one of the hardest quarters I've had at Stanford. But at the same time, it was also one of the most blessed quarters. Um, at that point, I was, like, that quarter I really gave over to God. Like, I knew coming back, um, like, literally for the first two weeks, I was having anxiety attacks. I couldn't eat. I was really stressed out. And I was like, okay, either... God is going to completely take this over and like it's going to be on him because I can't do this or I'm just going to have to go home again. Um, and through completely giving it over God, through um, meeting with Britton, meeting with Elizabeth, meeting with Katie, um, through just being real, through opening up to other people and having community, I was able to get through that quarter. Um, and just through that, like God really blessed me and God has carried me and showed me that it's not on my own power that I do this. It's not on my own gifts. It's on the gifts that he has given me that I am able to be here. Um, and so I got through junior year, um, and it's a pretty good year. And this year has been good, but tough. Um, again, I have just started to try and depend on myself more. And that has led to a really rough quarter and a half. And this the point where I wish I could say that, like, I have it figured out and that um, I'm going out on a positive note. But at the same time, this week, last week, was when I admitted to my small group, to some of my friends, that I was becoming depressed again and that that's it's not where I wanted to be right now. But at the same time, that's where I am. And, um, but through opening up to my small group, through opening up to um, other believers, I've been able to see that God is good, that God is faithful, that no matter where I am, God will meet me there, and that he is there through everything. When I can't carry myself, which is all the time, he's there for me. Um, and that's just where RUF has been a blessing to me. I probably like should be talking right now, but I just kind of was inspired by everyone else, so I'll like <laughs> keep it short. Um, but yeah, I guess I kind of just to th think of like my Stanford experiences in like three, three kind of different um, seasons. Um, and each season kind of like brought out like there was like a big sin theme of each uh, season. So like coming into Stanford, I was like really determined to, like, work hard, and, like, I was going to get involved in, like, Christian fellowship, so, like, 
I took, like, all the classes and, like, was way overcommitted and, like, joined, like, two fellowships and, like, I, like, didn't party and I, like, really, like, looked down on the people in my freshman dorm and I was just, like, full of, like, lots of, like, judgment and, like, um, not really, like, caused me to, like, not really form, like, any real great relationships out of my freshman year and, like, that was probably, like, not, like, a very, like, nice, like, warm, uh, kind of, like, image of Christ, um, in that season, um, kind of, like, next season is, like, I was, like, really lonely and, like, I felt like I had no friends, like, the guys that I'd lived with had graduated and I was, like, alone and I would, like, uh, you know, I was like, great, like, I can get a lot of work done, but I would, like, dread the weekend, and, like, I remember just, like, crying in my room, like, on Saturday nights, just, like, thinking of all the fun everyone else was having, I was like, this is awful, and, like, just, like, threw myself towards community, um, and really, like, kind of, like, compromised and, like, committed a lot of more of, like, the traditional, like, college sins, and, like, um, you know, like, was like very simple like in that in like a different a different very different way than um like the first season um kind of like the like the last one um just like i kind of felt like i had met a lot of like those kind of needs um but like still remained like very selfish and like um despite like knowing the struggles of like old me like was still like very selfish with my time and like um, I found it very hard to do anything that's, like, like to invest in relationships and, like, things that weren't, like, fulfilling to me, even though there's, like, a lot of people that I feel like I should be, like, reaching out to me. And, like, I was totally, like, laying by the wayside that, like, your life is not your own and, like, you know, like, you're bought with a price. And so, like, I was, like, living for myself, even though, like, I wasn't, like, doing lots of, like, super outwardly bad things. Um, but basically, like kind of, like, through it all, um, like, RUF was always there for me, and, like, I always felt like I had, like, very solid guys here, like, whether, like, interns or Britain or DJ, um, just people that I could really, like, bring my sin to and confess, um, and, like, I feel like through all these kind of swings of my college experience, just being able to come here every Tuesday night, um, whether I'm, like, super depressed or, like, coming, you know, like, super judgmental or, like, feeling, like, really shitty, like, just to, like, hear the gospel and hear, like, um, like, Jesus died for your sin and, like, you need to, like, treat everyone like an image of God. You need to, like, just, just to hear, just to hear, like, the good news and, like, a solid, solid community. And so, like, what I would recommend for everyone is just, like, Make sure you hear someone, like, preaches the gospel to you, um, like, at least every week. Like, if you're graduating, like, find a church, find a community group. Um, if you're here, like, find a fellowship and, like, get in a small group. Um, you know, your life's going to, like, go all over the place, and you're going to be in a lot of different um, situations that you, like, never thought you'd be in. Um, but you really need to, like, to, like, really hold on Um yeah, just, like, finding, making sure you hear the gospel every week, I think, is really important. So that's all I had. <laughs> Any others? <laughs> so I'm not a senior. <laughs> but I, I really like public speaking. <laughs> for bearing with me. This is going to be brief. Um, I just really wanted to say thank you to all the seniors who just who talked just now and who have poured into me and everyone over the past two years. Um, at the beginning of this year, I was like, okay, Britton had asked me if I wanted to be on servant team. I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. Um, <laughs> and I remember saying to Katie, I was looking at the freshmen, Carly and Kylie, and I was like, oh, um, I just, I want to shepherd them, you know. (laughs) 
So I had all these notions about, uh, you know, being a servant and being a role model. Um, and what I've learned over the past year is that uh, God actually just wanted me to rest in his love this year and to be served. And so this year has been a lot about the seniors giving so much to me. Um, my friends have actually started to ask me, what are all these RUF dates I go on? You know, oh, sorry, I can't eat dinner. I'm, you know, having dinner with Victoria Kennedy or Elizabeth Lake or Katie Wilmes. Um, I even had coffee with Miles and Kaysen through um, servant team stuff. And I just wanted to tell you guys that the things that you've told me have really stuck with me. Um, I think about them all the time. And um, I just hope that as I grow older and as all of us young folk grow older, we can do as good of a job as you guys have done um, in showing us what it means to love Jesus um, and love our neighbors. So, yeah, thank you. And we're going to miss Katie and not Teddy X next year, but uh, we're going to miss Katie a lot. But, yeah, we're really excited for Jess to be here. So thank you.